Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take the Stage, the opera podcast. We have noticed quite the buzz about our episode three called FU Finances, and people want to know if it really works for artists to be financially independent, and they want to start digging deeper on this topic. So we are going to give you some ideas on the first step to take on your financial journey. And as always, remember that this is a choose your own adventure, so you don't have to take our word for it. Put it to the test and see what you learn on your own journey. Is everyone saying no to your singing career? Well, we here at Take the Stage Opera Podcast say toy, toy, toy. Find out what is holding you back so you can stop waiting in the wings and go out and get your standing ovation. There are no forbidden topics here, so get your ticket and find your seat. In Boca Lupo. Okay, we have a lot to cover today, so let's get started with our co-host, Evan. Hey! Hello, how's it going? Good, how are you? Well, you know, it has been a stressful week, I think, for most of us. (laughs) Most Americans. I just, there's a lot to take in with any election, right? It's true. There is a lot to take in. How are you doing mentally? Well, I've been, honestly, I've been trying to make sure to do my morning pages, take Mm -hmm. care of myself mentally. Um, I've got some affirmations and things that I've been working on. So, yeah. honestly, I feel... Like I'm coping. Yeah. yeah. I feel okay. Good. That's great. <laughs> I am also doing things. <laughs> it's a lot. It's it a, a lot. lot. And I feel like relationships have been strained for mm-hmm. people. So we got to make sure that we're taking care of that, taking care of ourselves. And mm-hmm. yeah, but I, I am, you know, I'm ready to do this. I'm excited that artists are... Um, they're excited to talk about this subject of finances. We have a few guests who have recorded their views on the topic. Ooh. But today we're going to try to talk about some possible first steps on the journey. Yeah. Well, we are all in a very different place in our lives. True. And some of us were raised in frugal homes and others not so much. And some of us have already graduated and have, you know, $150,000 in debt. Right. And again, others not so much. Yeah. But we all have a different background, and there are a few principles that can help us wherever we are, even if we implement them differently, right? Yeah, definitely. The principles we have chosen to talk about today are budgeting, frugality, and then trying to creatively earn more. And obviously, there are millions of topics we can talk about. We'll kind of narrow it down to those three today. And you're right, everyone will have a different approach to applying these principles, but most people who take control of their finances find ways to master these three in one form or another. Cool. So let's start with budgeting. Yeah. Tell me about your experience with budgeting. Um, I don't do it. It's That's kind of the general answer, right? <laughs> I've like started budgets and... Mm-hmm. I'm just not, my personality in general, I'm not very good at sticking to a plan Mm -hmm. ever because I'm really terrible. I get really overwhelmed with like numbers and things like that. So keeping exact track of whatever I'm spending becomes really difficult. Right. I, even when I was a kid, for some reason I had a budget. And so I feel like I'm kind of a natural saver in that sense, except I get what you're saying because budgeting would always stress me out. Really? Yeah, like I'd feel like I 
like my budget would need to change in the middle of a month. And Um, I felt like, well, if I have this budget, I have to stick with it. But obviously, yeah, sometimes it has to change. And I didn't really know how to deal with that. Yeah, it's sometimes it's just a lot to deal with. So I feel like I'd fail if I didn't stick to it exactly. Yeah, or if you make a budget and then just ignore the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, we've all done that, right? (laughs) So how did you overcome some of these? Well, I realized um, through the years that the reason I budget is to reflect my value system that I want in my life. Oh, okay. So the budget isn't really supposed to be a straitjacket. It's supposed to help me to be a little bit more flexible and know where my money is going so it's not controlling me. Mm -hmm. It really should make you feel a little bit more free about things. But Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I've kind of learned to adjust my spending as needed on what I think brings value to my life. Okay. So month by month, I start learning, like, my family really values outdoor time together. So we're going to budget to buy some bicycles. I think we've mentioned Mm -hmm. that before. Yeah, I think we did. And, um, and even in the middle of a month, if something comes up and I realize that this is important, I always have a little bit of extra something budgeted so that if I need to make adjustments in the middle of the month, I can do that. Okay. Or I'll just say, I'm going to take money away from this category to pay for this. So I, I don't feel like I'm in a straight jacket anymore. That's yeah. helped at least my mental game when it comes to budgeting, yeah. feeling like it's okay. Yeah. How do you think people who are like living paycheck to paycheck, like many artists are, work with a budget when they just have enough to do? It's a great, that's a really, really great point. And we will discuss some of the, the ideas for that later. But let I me... guess when we talk about like ways to earn more money. Right. Yes. Okay. But let me just say that most people who live in the first world country, like here in the United States, and of course we can't say everybody, but most of us have spending habits that are a little unnecessary. Obviously not everybody comes from the same financial background. So this statement won't necessarily apply to all of our listeners. But again, most of us still don't really know the difference between wants and needs. And we don't Mm -hmm. even know what values we have. We just spend money and hope for the best. Uh, Absolutely. (laughs) So if you're saying that if someone were to budget, they might realize that they do have enough money for their needs. They just didn't realize it before. That's yeah. That is a definite possibility. Hannah and I mentioned in our last episode about our frugality challenge with the frugal woods, the magical fairies. (laughs) And we discovered some things that we spent money on that weren't really that important to us. They didn't add to the value that we saw in our lives. And we had to experiment and eliminate things from our budget. And um, we started to kind of notice a clearer system, what helped us um, to meet our actual needs and how to pay for them. But if you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel and um, maybe you've already cut out a lot of things and you're not really making ends meet, we do have a few ideas for you hopefully later. In this episode, yeah, that might help. (laughs) So we've already transitioned from the first principle of budgeting to the second, which is frugality. Is there anything else you want to say about what you've learned with budgeting before we move on? Well, um, I would say that you need to try to allocate every dollar that you make. Okay, remember I'm illiterate. What does allocate (laughs) mean? You need to decide where the money is going. Yeah, And down to the dollar. You want it to be working for you, meeting your value system. You guys actually talked about how, like, 
when your paychecks come in, you automatically have them, like you have a set amount of money that goes into different accounts. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. Twice a month, we have money that gets sent to things that we're saving for in the future. Okay. The biggest of those is obviously Germany. Right. Deutschland. Deutschland. Um, but we have other ones for like a family reunion or, um, and then we have a, an emergency fund as well. How for do medical. you, I know that it's going to be different for every bank, but how do you set that up? Um, I've done it in a couple different banks and not really had a problem, but once mm-hmm. I learned how to do it, it was very easy. Okay. You just kind of have to figure out the app and how it works. Okay. So it can be very tricky as you're trying to um, get your, you know, well, especially for us, we don't have a set salary. I don't right. know of many singers who do. And we, we try to have zero left over at the end of the month because it's going into specific savings account. We don't want any money left and over. you're checking? No, sorry. And we don't want any money left over that we don't know where it's going or what it's doing. What it's so we have for. a specific amount that okay. we leave in our checking so that... You can like buy groceries. Yeah, we're always set. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a few programs that people use to do this. One is YNAB, which Y-N-A-B, you need a budget. <laughs> That's the company. Okay. Some people really love you need a budget. Um, and there are other ones as well. Uh we just have kind of done our own spreadsheets. That's oh, okay. kind of how it works for me. And I've just, like I said, I've been doing it. So I just each month kind of change how I do it. I hate spreadsheets. I get that. So, I mean, you <laughs> could try, you need a budget. It's nice because it actually, you can hook all of your bank accounts and credit cards to it. Oh. And then it takes a lot of the workout. That's nice. For you. Hmm. Okay. So give it a try. So it's um, a little app. That's what it is? Exactly. Yeah. And I forget expense wise. I think you can do it free for like a month or two or something. Okay. Get it set up. See if you like it. Try to, you know, Mm -hmm. make it work for you. And then, yeah. The main thing is, is you just want to make sure that you know where your money's going and so that it is not controlling you. You need to be controlling the money. Yeah. And my money is definitely controlling me, I feel like, sometimes. (laughs) Yes. I have definitely felt like that before. Hannah used to always say that, Evan, we need to make sure we're controlling Mm. our money. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I don't know. (laughs) But it is, it feels so good to know exactly what's going on with my money. I can imagine that that feels really great. I'm working towards that. Yes, I know you are. You're awesome. And so let's kind of turn the the tables around and talk to you a little bit. Because we've (laughs) talked about frugality. And I know, Mariah, you are seriously like a thrift store queen. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. I was raised a hipster, so. Yeah. We come to your house and you're always like, let me give you a tour of all of this stuff I have that I got from a thrift store, which I appreciate because I actually was raised in a household. My dad helped manage a thrift store for his career. So for... That's why you're so cool. (laughs) Why I'm hipster? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. But um, seriously, like everything we owned came from a thrift store. So that's cool. That's really cool. Anyway, I want to hear more about your frugality as a thrift store queen? Uh, um, well, I just like the aesthetic of thrift stores. Right. I don't particularly like the one that we have here in the city where we live. It's pretty picked over. <laughs> it is really picked over because we're yeah. in a college town. Yeah. So I have two parents and my dad is extremely frugal, comes okay. from an extremely frugal family. Right. 
my grandma like made all of my aunts and uncles clothes and like was a very frugal person however my mom came from money okay right and i inherited a love of shopping from her right and so (laughs) i like know how to be frugal but i also have an addiction to shopping right which which used to not be a problem when i was in college i graduated from college without any debt in my undergrad, not my master's, but, um, and was extremely frugal during those like four, my first four years as an adult. And, but then I moved and got an, a, you know, a grown up job mm-hmm. and started making quite a bit of money. And I went to Europe my first summer out of, uh, out of college and just fell in love with shopping. And ever since I've had like a shopping addiction, it's kind of like, that's like what I do when I'm sad is I go shopping, right. <laughs> which is an issue. Right. Well, I mean, it can set you up for some hard times. Exactly. But which, And it wasn't a problem when I was making tons of money, but now I don't make tons of money. So, but I still have, you know, that spending habit. Well, I'm sure that you're going to make so much money in the singing career eventually. <laughs> right. right. And then maybe do all of your shopping then. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just save the shopping. When I was in grad school, I bought so many gowns. Let me think about this. I bought wow. one, two, three, four, five, six, at least six gowns. But they're all so nice. They're so nice. And I got them on the clearance rack. So let's talk. So that's good. I have that's a spending good. habit, but it's like I never buy anything full price unless right. it's just like something of my dreams. Right. And even then. <laughs> and when we talk about frugality, it's kind of hard because so Mariah says I bought six gowns. Yeah. And to one person, that sounds like really extreme. And to another right. person, that sounds like nothing. Well, right. And I had reason to wear them yes like I wasn't just like buying gowns to wear on my couch right and that's why I say you have to decide what your value system is yeah all of us are consumers we can't help it right we have to spend money but you the if you have a budget you're trying to be frugal you can start choosing what your value system is and what things you actually spend money on yeah so I I guess like I inherited this love of shopping from my mother but I also like the gowns that I bought are like five, six, seven hundred dollar gowns that I got for less than two hundred, mm-hmm. all of them. Wow. And I just like I would buy them really cheap and then I would find somebody to do alterations for me. That okay. I just was a friend who knew how to do that. So see? Yeah. So it's good. Just a few other thoughts to think about frugality um before we go on. Um, you could think about where you're living. Do you actually have to live there? That's one thing. That's a good question for me now, too. (laughs) Well, and your apartment's too expensive. It's so expensive. But you're moving. I am moving because it's so expensive. And I don't need to be spending this much money, even though it's nice. Yeah, and you have a fireplace. Yeah, that's the best part. But, like, people, I think a lot of singers think, I have to live in New York City. And maybe that could be the best move for you, but it might not always be the best move for you. And you have to think about, like, the ROI or, you know, the return on investment of where you're living. And even if you do intent on moving to Manhattan to, you know, get all these auditions and, you know, gigs and things. You don't have to live in Manhattan. Right. You can live in 
Queens. You can live in New Jersey. You can live in Connecticut, you know, things that are an hour outside of the city. Yeah. And what sort of roommate situations do you have? Could you, could you even buy a place and Airbnb it? Or could you have a duplex and rent? I mean, that sounds complicated, but those are options. Those are things that people do. You could live with an old lady and clean her house. Right. I mean, stuff like that happens. And if you're intent on finding it, you can find that stuff. Another big one, obviously, is food. And um, if you're in Manhattan, go to Trader Joe's. It's the cheapest place in Manhattan. And I love Trader Joe's. It's the best. Yeah. Have you have you ever shopped at Trader Joe's in Manhattan? No. It's like in the basement of some, you know, like huge like sky rise building. But I'm pretty sure that Trader Joe's does not, their prices are the same all over the U.S. Yeah, I think so you're right. they don't raise their prices in Manhattan. So it is like the cheapest oh, place to get groceries. And it's really cool. I think that's really cool of them. Yeah, it's great. So think about your food. Think about meal prep, maybe cooking bulk meals in advance. There are a lot of options. And not all of these options will work for each person in each situation, but be creative, think outside the box. And if you want to, you can most likely find ways to save money based on what's important to you. So I guess it goes without saying, but some of you might be thinking, yeah, all of this talk of budgeting and frugality is good and fine, but I just don't have enough money to keep going with this whole singing thing. And I like... I have also thought about that because finances are really scary. And we've said before that finances might very well be the number one reason why singers don't make it in this career because it's really stressful and tight. Exactly. So Hannah and I have experimented with seriously probably about a hundred different ways of making That's really, more money. Really cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I'm selling my body, but <laughs> prostituting <sold>. my plasma. <laughs> But, you know, we do these little side hustles. We've taught English to Chinese students. Oh, how was that? Um, It got, it's what got us through grad school without any debt. Oh, wow. And, I mean, obviously I went to a school that, you know. Gave you scholarships and things. Yeah, scholarships and things. But we were able to, to do that. I've taught piano and voice and upright voice lessons, singing in church choirs. What is upright voice lessons? Upright. Did I, is that what I said? Yeah. I meant to say upright bass lessons. Uh, do you play? I play the bass. What? <laughs> I've known you for nine years. I never knew that. I, well, I don't own one because oh. I'm too cheap. <laughs> don't buy your instrument, ladies and gentlemen. You were born with yours, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> or un- unfortunately. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, we just try to do whatever we can. Hannah's dances, choreographs, she teaches dance, and mm-hmm. we're maintenance people. We manage apartments. Right. And so there's really no job that is too below me. <laughs> if it means that I can be financially free and do what I love for the rest of my life, then yeah. I'll do it. How do you feel, though, like if you're getting jobs that are just taking up all of your time and you don't feel like you can spend the time? No, I know. And we have to talk about that all the time because I can always take on more work. Yeah. I could take on a student. I could take on whatever. I can Mm -hmm. always find something else to do. And, but I just make sure that my day is scheduled around my practicing. So Mm -hmm. I'm getting in the vocal work that I need. Yeah. And then I put in work beyond that. Okay. Here's another question for you. How do you find your private voice students just like in the community? 
Because um, I feel like a lot of people are like, I'll do a, a voice studio, but then they can't. Yeah. So what one. I did is I did oh, community theater. That's right. You've told me this. Yeah. So I did Beauty and the Beast. And I did, um, with the Idol Falls Opera, I did HMS Pinafore. And I recently was rehearsing Sound of Music. I try not to go overboard, but yeah. every once in a while, I'll do a community theater production. And I get voice students from it. So that's kind of what's yeah. worked for me. I'm sure there are other, ways. other better ways. I have, but... like, created little, like, flyers, like, digital flyers and mm-hmm. put them on just, like, community pages and things. And I don't get a ton of students from that, but every once in a while, I'll get a new student. Right. Or, like, I saw this, and I'm like, I put that out a year ago. <laughs> but, yeah, Whatever. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. So I know that you mentioned that it was helpful to have multiple income streams when the economy collapsed earlier this year. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. We, so we had so many different incomes that even though they were all affected, we were used to kind of buckling down and being frugal and we were able to make it work. I mean, we we can like take it down to we're living like students right now. We Dang. We don't spend anything. That takes a lot of, what is the discipline? Well, and we're kind of used to it. I guess I guess that is discipline. We practice yeah. doing it all the time, figuring out what we want to spend money on and don't. So it's pretty easy to just say, "Okay, right, we're not spending money." And but we had these income streams, and um, and so you know maybe in another situation we wouldn't feel as lucky. Lucky, and there were definitely a lot of people who weren't as lucky lucky as we were in this economic downturn but you can improve your chances of being lucky if you're prepared with an emergency fund multiple incomes and the ability to live super cheap yeah all of a sudden you feel pretty lucky i actually really love that you said that you are luckier if you're prepared and i wish that there was a way just an easy trick to start getting paid more or for debt to disappear (laughs) Um, but most of us, however, just have to build new habits into our lives and make it happen. So, I mean, if this seems overwhelming, just take a deep breath and pick one thing that you can change right now and see where it takes you. Right. There's no way to do it all. Yeah. And you're a creative, powerful person and you're an artist for heaven's sake. (laughs) So you can create something from nothing. Just ask around and do your research. And I'm sure that eventually you will be able to find ways to make more money without distracting you from what you love most, which is singing. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So we have a few artist guests who have offered to tell bits of their stories about finances as well so that you can get more ideas and find out what might work for you. Sweet. So here is Matthew Blackenary, a freelance artist who agreed to tell us about his FI, financial independence journey. So you can check him out here at makingthingsinteresting.com. So here he is. Hello, this is Matthew Blackenary. As a visual fine artist, I create charcoal drawings, paintings, and murals. I'm also an independent teaching artist and help many individuals learn that they can create art as well. I've been on my financial independence journey for around 15 years. I graduated from the American Academy of Art Chicago in 2004 with double digits in debt. I worked very hard to pay off the debt and I learned new perspectives about money. I was and still am determined to create a life with freedom of time and peace of mind. Since I've been able to be productive little by little every day over the years and my learning is self-motivated, 
I have a better understanding that the life I've been working towards is creating ultimate fulfillment. To get started taking control of your finances, I would suggest thinking of debt as not an option. And if you have debt, then cut discretionary spending so that you can get rid of and stay out of debt. Thank you, and I hope you have a great journey. So I asked Matthew to follow up and let us know how his finances are now and if he's able to pursue his art with more freedom since pursuing FI, which means financial independence for anyone who's unfamiliar with the term. Um, But before we listen to his response, I just wanted to talk about how he graduated with debt and how his number one recommendation for artists is to try to avoid debt. Yeah. And that's interesting because I feel like, I always feel like, yeah, you should avoid debt, but things like school loans are... Right. (laughs) They're talked about differently. They're like, it's okay to have... Yeah, and I was kind of always taught that like a car, a house, Mm -hmm. and school, those were like the three things that were okay to take on debt, which is not necessarily untrue, but you just kind of have to think about like... um, the the debt that you're taking on like for university are you getting a good roi which is a return on investment Mm -hmm. tell us more about an roi so if you're not basically guaranteed a quick return on your investment like when you're going to school then huge amounts of debt are not really advisable like singers think if I go to such and such a top tiered school and I'll be guaranteed a good career which is it is not true except for like two schools maybe right whereas doctors who go and take on a lot of debt it's much more probable yeah so it's a serious issue when you're choosing your school but i think that overall matthew's advice to avoid debt is definitely a great idea and getting out of debt as quickly as you can is another huge step really it's like first step that's in your opinion what is like why would you want to get out of student loan debt immediately you you want to get out of high interest rate debt first. So, so credit card debt would probably well, be yeah, first. For sure. But with like student with student loan debt, there are like there are those pay, repayment programs to the government if you took out a government loan. Where like if you pay your if you pay your dues for 20 years, then it's just all forgiven. So why wouldn't you just do that? If that's an option to you, then definitely consider that. Oh, really? You kind of have to look at, like, the main question is whether you're going to invest in, um, like, retirement accounts Mm -hmm. or real estate or whatever to build your wealth, or if you're going to pay off debt. And the way you look at it is just math. Like, if the interest that you're paying on your debt is higher than what you would make Right. In your investments, then you pay off the debt first. That makes sense. So let's listen to Matthew's update on how his finances are now with his debt and if he is in a better situation because of his efforts. Currently, because of my intentionality and disciplined effort, I'm at around the halfway point to my financial independence number. I've had no debt since 2015, and I've been able to invest in a Roth IRA, a taxable brokerage account, and my business. I've been able to work part-time since 2007 as an artist. By making sound decisions about what I value, I'm able to have so much more time with my family and time to work on the art that I truly enjoy. There are still ups and downs on the art career path, but now there's a much better balance. 
so I plan to continue my artwork when I reach my financial goals. Congrats, Matthew. That is so exciting that you're able to keep doing the work that you love and that you have more flexibility. That's like the dream, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I have one more artist here, Heather Knowlton, and I met her as well through Choose FI, the, through the Facebook page. She's super cool because she's primarily a henna artist at oh festivals. Oh my gosh. And she's also in a band. It's like a okay. really fun, unique <laughs> Good band. Good for her. And she, this is kind of fun. She said that they try very hard not to make money from their band because they just yes. want it to be for fun. Yes, yes. And I think that's kind of cool. Anyway. That is. And what you, you have to have some financial freedom in order to like not need money from your band. Exactly. That's dope. Yes. So let's listen to what Heather had to say about her um, financial journey so far. Hi, my name is Heather of Henna by Heather. I am a professional henna artist, and I also am in a few bands, completely non-professionally. Um, the one that I am, I do the most in is the Dandy Highwaymen. Um, and my journey to FI so far um, has basically been, let's see, it's a lifelong thing of just trying to live frugally and make modest kinds of life choices and live below my means to whatever extent possible. Um, and I really only discovered the, f the term of FI and financial independence in the last six months or so, um, when I was just reading a lot of books on frugality and saving and stuff, because as a professional henna artist, I can't really do my work while COVID is still a thing, because all the large events that I do henna at are shut down, there won't be any festivals still for quite some time, and even if there were, you can't safely do henna body art on a person from six feet away. Um, so I was reading a lot of books on um, just saving and frugality. Like I went back to the Tightwad Gazette, which is something that I think, I don't know why I got it, but I got it back in high school. Um, and then I just kept branching out from there and reading more and more. Uh, and eventually came upon this um, financial independence group on Facebook, which is where I met Evan. Um, and that's where I've really been learning more about that as a concept. Um, I've been trying to get down my debt um, for the last, I would say the last three years or so. I got really serious about getting down my debt and starting to actually save for retirement, which was not something that I thought I was able to do before. Um, I kind of had the idea that paying off my house was the number one goal to just not be in any debt. Um, but I started to contribute to an IRA um, and have been able to do that the last three years. Um, and then the number one thing I would say for anyone starting to take control of their finances, like the quickest and easiest thing that I can say that you could just do right now, finish within a couple hours and feel really good about it, is to go through all of your subscriptions. Just look at your bank statement and see what subscriptions you're not even using. Um, get rid of those. So I think that's it. I Thanks for having me on and have a great day. 
That is so cool. Make sure to check out their band, Dandy Highwaymen, on Facebook. They're a Rococo-style punk band, which I don't know if anyone knows this, but Rococo is actually my favorite word <laughs> like that has ever been invented. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So um, it's kind of interesting. She talked about how she is paying... Um, she's investing more than she is like paying mm-hmm. off of her house. And that's kind of the you know, what we were talking yeah. about earlier. So Matthew mm-hmm. and Heather both talk about different de- debt reduction strategies. And once you have all of your high interest debt out of the way, that's when retirement accounts become yeah. a main strategy. She also talked about like going through your subscriptions and I'm very guilty of like just paying for things that I don't use. Some Sometimes we don't even really know. Like right. we don't. Yeah. And so I think it's awesome because you can go through your bank statements in like, an hour find magazines or streaming companies yeah. or like maybe even a gym membership or something yeah that you don't really use mm-hmm. and or maybe you kind of use it but it really doesn't add a lot of value right. to your life you could go through and cancel all of yep. that and already feel like you're making a dent in your finances yeah so. well evan thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and also our guests for sharing their knowledge and kind of their journey with us on their finances. So the topic of finances is so huge, but if you take these small steps today, you can enjoy so much more freedom in your singing. These steps of starting a budget, spending less, earning more, they're not necessarily easy, but you do not have to be perfect with them right away. Right. Each one is really its own kind of process. And if you engage with the concepts, you can't go wrong. You can only learn. You can only go more right. Exactly. Working on finances cannot. Yeah. Yeah. So let go of perfection. Start enjoying the journey. You already have enough to stress over like elections and. (laughs) Exactly. And Corona. Seriously. So and all the other things (laughs) going on with your life. We're like, (laughs) it's been a rough week. (laughs) So let's all, you know, let's take a deep breath right now. (laughs) <laughs> Mariah can't even handle it. I'm not a serious person. I'm so sorry. honestly, taking control of your finances gives you freedom. So with that, stop waiting in the wings and go out and take the stage and keep singing. In Boca Lupo. Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material.
Thank you for listening to another episode of Take the Stage Opera Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and give us a review. It helps us to continue delivering quality material. 